Welcome back to another episode of Beast of the East Weekly Podcast. And today, we have two special guests, my friends Sam and Max. What's up, guys? Hello. Hello. Thanks for having us. Yep. No problem. All right. Today, we're going to give our top five sports moments of 2020 and some honorable mentions. And also, at the end, uh, my friends, uh, they uh, do some mock drafts for the NFL. So, they're going to share their mock drafts. And uh, I'm going to mention – and they're going to mention uh, where you can find their mock drafts. So, I guess I'll start. So, uh, my number five moment of 2020 – uh, was when LSU won the national championship. Uh, they could go down as poss- possibly one of like the greatest one and one one and done teams in college football history. Obviously, they weren't so great this year after they lost Burrow, uh, Justin Jefferson, Edward Tillier. But uh, Burrows and Justin Jefferson were almost an unstoppable combination, and Edward Tillier supported uh, Burrows and Justin Jefferson from 16 TDs. And overall, the team was just completely dominant, dominated. Uh, powerhouses like Alabama and Clemson completely dominate them. So that's my number five of 2020. Yeah, my number five of 2020, I actually have the Joe Burrow LSU National Championship as an honorable mention. That was a great moment as well. But my number five is the LA Dodgers winning the World Series. That was an amazing feat. You know, um, their pitching staff was amazing. Mookie Betts carried Bellinger. Struggles, but he came through, and that was a really great moment this year. Yeah, my um, number five moment wasn't well, – it was kind of like a sad moment for sports, but it was a crazy moment. The day that sports shut down, it was like the 24-hour stretch where during co- the start of COVID where the all of sports in America shut down. It started with Rudy Gobert testing positive for coronavirus, which was the NBA's first case. And within that 24-hour span, the all the major sports in America shut down. And then in short succession, um, I believe March Madness um, was canceled. So I just thought that was a pretty crazy um, moment in 2020 for sports because it really ended um, it for everyone. Yeah, when March Madness, when I heard March Madness was canceled, that that's when I really realized, like, oh, wow, this is actually happening. This is actually uh, not good. So my number four is uh, when Tom Brady left New England for Tampa Bay. Uh, this all started when New England got upset by Tennessee in the wild card game in the rain. Derrick Henry was dominant in that game. That uh, People don't realize this, but that could be, like, the last playoff game in New England for a, for a long time. I mean, obviously, they're not going to make the playoffs this year, not going to finish with a great record. Uh, and then after that, Brady signed a two-year deal with Tampa Bay, and he led them to a playoff berth this year. So that's my number four, Tom Brady leaving New England for Tampa Bay. Yeah, that was a great moment. My number four is Patrick Mahomes taking the Chiefs and winning their first Super Bowl in a long time. Um, I still can't believe that this was this year, to be honest. It feels so long ago, the Super Bowl, with uh, covid and all the things that we had to endure during this long 2020 year. That's my number four moment. Patrick Mahomes, Damian Williams on the ground. They were unstoppable, and congrats to them for winning the championship. Uh, yeah, so I had the Chiefs and Brady leaving New England, the Chiefs Super Bowl and Brady leaving New England, as well as LSU, and my honorable mentions. Um, Number four is another sad one, but I had Kobe Bryant's death as one of the most significant and craziest sports moments this year because I know that kind of shocked the world, and it was also pre-COVID, and 
Um, it had a huge effect on the NBA season, I'd say, from the bubble to the like All Star Weekend memorials. So I just thought that was a very important moment for sports. Yeah, I de- I definitely agree with that. Uh, so going to my number three, I have the LA Dodgers at number three. Uh, this is gonna be a little debatable, but um, this all basically started with uh, when Buki signed with the Dodgers, started in like early 2020, I believe. Uh, three hundred sixty-five million dollar contract. Uh, this is significant for uh, LA fans. It's their first title since nineteen eighty-eight, and uh, this all started like they had to they had to come back uh, from in a three-one deficit in the NLCS against the Atlanta Braves, and they defeated a red-hot Randy Rosarena and a young Rays team in the World Series. My number three event this year is actually a moment that just happened in the NFL season. You know, it, it's debatable but I tried to keep mine a happy list, unlike uh, Max's. But, of course, Kobe Bryant's death uh, is important, and it is probably the number one most significant thing to sports fans. But these are just my moments. At number three, I have the DeAndre Hopkins Hill Murray to win the game over the Buffalo Bills. That is an impactful game to both teams as it took, Bills, it took the Buffalo Bills out of the – AFC number one seed chase, and it might help the Cardinals secure the last spot in the playoffs. That was such an insane catch by DeAndre Hopkins, going up over three defenders to win the game as the seconds ticked off the clock. That's my number three play of the year. Definitely, that was, that was really clutch. Yeah, I agree. I didn't have that in my honorable mentions, but that is that was one of the craziest moments of the NFL this season. Um, I know Texans fans are probably thrilled when that happened, um, but going into my number three, I know, Sam, you've been asking for it. So a positive on my list is the NBA bubble. I thought um, the NBA bubble was – it was very significant and great for many reasons. One, it brought sports back to fans, like, finally, or NBA. So – but also I think um, it was – during the huge Black Lives Matter protests. And I thought the boycotting of games was um, extremely significant, especially how NBA um, players were standing up for change and coming together. I also thought it was, um, was very impactful because it was successful and it kind of led the way for other sports. Um, so I think the NBA bubble might have saved like team sports for 2020 and 2021. I also think it was um, really cool because we actually got to learn a lot more about NBA players during, I don't know if you guys saw, but on YouTube, Matisse Thibel of the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, I saw that also. Yeah, one of my favorite players, even though I'm a Knicks fan. So Matisse Thibel of the 76ers and JaVale McGee of the Lakers, they were making vlogs during um, the NBA bubble, which I thought that was very significant because – you usually don't see that much stuff behind the scenes about NBA players, like, and it kind of dove into their lives in the bubble. So I thought that was very significant for sports. It, I feel like it's kind of saved sports. Yeah, the NBA is already popular amongst like youth. I think that really made it ten times more popular, bringing uh, the NBA, uh, bringing uh, the youth into the bubble. Uh, so I actually had that at my number two spot, but I added that with the Lakers winning the NBA championship in the bubble. Uh, so like all teams fought social justice issues. But really, the Lakers were most impacted by the loss of Kobe Bryant, especially because, like, LeBron and Kobe were good friends, and they were in L.A., and the, Kobe played for the Lakers all his career. 
uh, and LeBron James and Anthony Davis really carried the Lakers to this championship. Uh, they were dominant in the in Orlando for almost four months. They were, they were in uh, place for almost four months. That's crazy. And it's just an overall great story for the Lakers considering uh, the loss of Kobe in January. And that's why I have them at my number two spot. Yeah, I just want to touch on the point that you guys were saying how Matisse Seibel and JaVale McGee are making vlogs. And I've been watching Michael Pittman Jr. He's a rookie at a USC wide receiver on the Colts. He makes vlogs as well on his YouTube channel. And like Max said, it's very cool to see the behind the scenes and it just gives you something to do. But my number two is the Los Angeles Lakers winning the NBA title. I kind of feel that me and Timmy are going in the same place with this, but it was so impactful winning it for Kobe and all the social injustice issues and all of the opt-outs that the Lakers had. And LeBron got it done. And so that was my number two moment of the year. Yeah, going back to your point uh, quickly about um, the like the vlogs stuff. You have you have I mean bad things. I guess Juju Smith Schuster on TikTok. I mean that that got him in trouble with the Steelers. Got him got him almost killed. I guess in the in that game against the Bengals. But um, it just shows you like there's good and bad way things with social media. I, I didn't think Ju- I don't think Juju Smith Schuster was trying to do anything in a bad way. It just shows you that these NFL players to take some, some stuff the wrong way. Yeah, I I agree with that. Um. Sam, to touch on your point about Michael Pittman Jr., yes, I also um, watch his vlogs, and I think, like you guys are saying, and I was saying previously, it's really impactful as a as an average like fan to um see behind the scenes of the how the NFL and any really major athletes cope with it, like being in the NFL and also like how they handle their business and their jobs. Like I know Chase Claypool does it too, so I agree with you guys. Um. For number two, I know I said the NBA bubble was the most um, significant sport coming back, but I also think um, uh, one the first sport to come back was NASCAR returning, and I think that's it's it was somewhat successful too. So um, I think that that is very um, impactful because that triggered the NBA bubble um, coming back, in my opinion. So I think the NASCAR returning started a ripple effect. Um, and I also know that um, something significant about this is NASCAR fans were not totally, um, like, couldn't, like, just the sport was um, dead because I know during the stoppage, because I know that um, during on the times that the races would be, they uh, had online iRacing events with the drivers, the drivers that would be driving the races, um, and I I might just be saying that because I'm a NASCAR fan, but I think that was a very impactful moment because it started the ripple effect of all the sports coming back. Yeah, 100% agree there. So now it's time for the number one spot. And I'm this is kind of debatable here, but my, in my number one spot, I have Patrick Mahomes in general. Uh, he led the Chiefs to a Super Bowl coming back from 10 points plus in each of uh, uh, playoff game that they played uh, coming back from 24th against Houston coming back from 10 in the fourth quarter against Tennessee and obviously 10 in the Super Bowl against San Francisco he won the Super Bowl MVP and obviously some of the most surprising news for me at least he signed a half a billion dollar contract to stay in Kansas City for 10 more years that was really surprising I mean not that surprising because he's a great player and I guess half a billion dollars is what uh, these great young quarterbacks can be paid now so that's my number one uh, Patrick Mahomes Wow, I thought you were going to go in a different direction. But yeah, Patrick Mahomes was great. He was your MVP. My number one 
is Alex Smith returning to the football field for the Washington football team, formerly the Washington Redskins. Um, he didn't play a game um, until this year from 2018. He spent two years recovering a gruesome injury. And now to just see him back on the field, playing quarterback, leading this team to hopefully a playoff spot. I mean, it's just an amazing storyline. And I'm so proud of him. And I, he's my comeback player of the year. And he's my number one spot. No, definitely. So that was so impactful. Just inspired so many people uh, who were in the hospital with similar uh, stuff as him to fight through and that there is a way out of it. Uh, Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, he's, I feel like he has to be comeback player of the year by far. He he could be um comeback player of the this decade or century really because just mm-hmm. nobody's really ever come back to what was it like eighteen surgeries um to get yeah. back into the NFL and while although the Washington football team would not be relevant in any other division it's still incredible that he's able to lead them to the playoffs potentially. Hopefully not, though. Hopefully the Giants do it on Sunday. Um, but my number one, um, my number one biggest sports moment this year was—I know you guys already touched on it with the NBA bubble—but I had the Lakers winning the title, obviously because um, their involvement in the Black Lives Matter movement um, and the Kobe Bryant's death. But I feel like it kind of. Su- um, summarized how the NBA bubble it symbolized it being actually successful and it showed that sports can come back I also think that like it just proves that LeBron James is unbelievable like currently in my opinion still the best player in the NBA because he is really in my opinion he's similar to a Patrick Mahomes like he does it all and he's a very big leader both um like on the court and off the court. So I just think the Lakers winning the title was so impactful for um, just sports in general. Yeah, 100% agree. Now it's time for some honorable mentions. Uh, I'll start here. So I have Dustin Johnson as an honorable mention as he dominated the Masters and other major tournaments this past summer. But going along with that, uh, also it was also the emergence of Bryson DeChambeau. I'm not sure if you guys are golf fans or not. I follow it. I'm not an, I'm not an avid golf fan, but it's still something cool. Dustin Johnson just dominated all summer long. And Bryson DeChambeau really uh, took uh, the golf world by storm there. Yeah, Um I have a few honorable mentions. I touched on Joe Burrow and the LSU Tigers winning the national championship. Uh, One of my honorable mentions is the Tampa Bay Lightning winning the Stanley Cup. It feels like forever ago for you hockey fans out there. But um, that was significant, and the Lightning got it done. So that was one of my honorable mentions. Uh, yeah, my honorable mentions, um, yes, Timmy, I watch golf. I, I'm a big golf fan, so I, actually, I I definitely agree with you. The emergence of Bryson DeChambeau was really incredible, especially um, because he kind of proved the doubters wrong on trying to – on changing his game, and Dustin Johnson dominating the Masters was incredible. Uh, like I said, I had the Chiefs um, winning the Super Bowl – um, Tom Brady leaving New England, LSU winning the national ch- uh, championship, and the Dodgers winning. And I just want to touch on this. I think something that makes the Chiefs um, Super Bowl so incredible is Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, I'm relatively young, so I've never seen anything like this. But 
Patrick Mahomes, even though he's only been in the season, in the league starting for what two years, I think, right? Yeah, it, something like that. Two, three years. Yeah, two, three years. I think he is going to be the greatest NFL player ever, and I think I, I mean he's just unbelievable. I I've never seen a player again. I'm relatively young, but I've never seen a player where with um like. 50 seconds left down seven you think you expect him to tie the game like even if he has no timeouts I just think he's an incredible player so yeah I just wanted to touch on that yeah it's crazy that we're already he's he's already on goat status two three years into his career he's still got a while to go he's got 10 more years in Kansas City uh so another honorable mention for me uh David Aries he was a Zamboni driver and he came into the game to help the Carolina Hurricanes uh win uh, he was he was 22 years old. The uh, Carolina Hurricanes lost both their goalies uh, to injury. They only had two goalies on the roster that night. Uh, he came in as the Zamboni driver, 42 years old, came to the game and uh, helped deliver Carolina a uh, victory. Yeah, I remember that moment. Moment that was a special thing to watch. Um, two more honorable mentions I have. One that really went under the radar, and it was the 2020 Olympics uh, being canceled, pushing it back to 2021. The Olympics is so fun to watch for so many people. And that just being canceled, a sad moment for us. And I think it's an honorable mention. And my last honorable mention is the storyline of Sarah Fuller. Yes, um, she is the kicker for the uh, for, for Vanderbilt uh, in college football. And she was a soccer player that just came on and... She's the first woman ever to kick in a Power 5 game, and I think that storyline is really cool and worth an honorable mention. Yeah, I agree, Sam. That was, um, that's part of my honorable mentions. Um, and that, I, Timmy, I did not hear that story about the Sam Boney driver because I don't watch, I don't watch um, hockey, but, yeah, that's incredible. Um, Sam, I also think that really went under the radar the olympics being canceled possibly the biggest sporting event in the whole world i think other thing uh, another thing going under the radar being canceled is the european championship for soccer because i know that europe's most popular sport obviously is soccer um, and i don't know if you guys watch um national so- like national team soccer but that's basically like the european world cup for soccer I think that also went under the radar similarly to the Olympics, so that's part of my honorable mentions. Yeah, similar to Sam, I also had similar to Sam, both Sam and Max. Uh, I had Sarah Fuller also on there for his female to kick in a Power 5 game, but also with this uh, female uh, emergence in uh, sports. I had uh, Kim, I'm not sure how to pronounce it, it's just NG, I guess. Uh, he, she became the first female GM in MLB history. That's really big for the MLB, just uh, groundbreaking news came not not that long ago. I think in the fall sometime. But that's uh, that's pretty cool. Uh, first female general manager in the MLB. Uh, congrats congratulations to her and Sarah Fuller. And also, I know Sam and I know we touched on this earlier, but Alex Smith. I also have him on there. Yeah, Timmy, I agree with you. Another um big moment for women in sports was a uh, two uh hit on Wednesday. So Wednesday, coupled a little bit earlier this week, uh, Becky Hammond came in to lead the Spurs when um, Greg Popovich couldn't coach. So I think that's just really cool. Yeah. All right. So I think, I think that's it for honorable mentions. Now, uh, Max and uh, Sam, they're going to give their uh, 
top ten, I believe, mock drafts. Uh, they're in, they're in making mock drafts. You guys can uh, they'll tell you where you can find their mock drafts at the end. But uh, they they'll give you like a sneak peek of their uh, big boards. So uh, you guys take it away. Yeah. So I've been creating a big board for a long time, and my top ten uh, it goes like this. Number one. Oh, and I just want to mention. My big board isn't exactly a mock draft. These are just the spots. This is based on talent, not fit for the team's needs. So these players can go above where they are ranked, below where they are ranked. Um, that just depends on the team's needs. So number one, Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. He is the clear number one pick in this draft. He will be going to Jacksonville, and he will be dominating the NFL. His height, his legs, his mobility, his strength. It's just truly fun to watch him every single time he steps on the field. And I think he deserves, well deserves to be the number one pick in this draft. At number two, I have Panay Sewell, uh, offensive tackle out of Oregon. He absolutely dominates uh, defenders and is cl- is the clear uh, be- second best player in the draft in my mind. Whether the Jets take him or the Dolphins take him or whoever has the second and third pick or whoever has the third pick, the Jets are locked into the second pick. That will be decided on whether the Jets want to keep Sam Darnold or not, but I think he's the clear second-best player in the draft. And number three, as of right now, I have Justin Fields, at a quarterback out of Ohio State. His performance last night was just truly breathtaking. This, could, this ranking could change um, with his performance against Alabama on the 11th, but I think a quarterback has to be at the three spot, and for right now, it's Justin Fields. And number four, I have Micah Parsons, linebacker out of Penn State. Micah Parsons opted out this year, and is still number four on my big board. He absolutely dominates blocks, can get to the passer, and is good in coverage. He's my clear number four. And number five, I have another quarterback, three quarterbacks in the top five. Zach Wilson out of BYU. His arm talent is unmatched. He has mobility, underrated mobility, and I think he's going to be a great NFL-ready quarterback. Um, at number six, I have Jamar Chase, wide receiver at LSU. He is so dynamic and is such a great route runner, can fight back to the ball over the top of defenders. And I think Jamar Chase is clearly the wide receiver one. I can totally add in there. Um, I'm, I, I totally agree, but uh, can you just explain why you have uh, Chase over uh, uh, Smith uh, from Alabama? Yeah. Um. So I've ranked Chase over Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle for a long time now. Um, and I just think that he is just a little bit crisper of a route runner. And it's it's not mine. It's, it's minor differences. I have Chase, Smith, and Waddle as really 1A, 1B, 1C in this class. I just think that there are minor differences in their games that put them over yeah, the top, fair. Yeah. I guess. Number seven, I have an Alabama man, Patrick Sertan, cornerback. And um, he has been the clear best cornerback. Maybe you think Caleb Farley's skills out of VTech is better, but I've liked Devonta, uh, I mean, Patrick Sertan for a long time now. His skills are unmatched. He has the best skills for a cornerback in the class. He's been playing it for a long time. He has experience in the position, and he's my number seven. Um, number eight, Devonta Smith wide receiver out of Alabama. Like I said, I think he's 1B to Jamar Chase. You can rank them however you want. 
I just, when I look at the tape, I think he's the second best wide receiver in the class. But he had a great game last night uh, in the Rose Bowl, and he deserves the number eight spot. Number nine, I have the first edge in the class, Gregory Rousseau out of Miami. He's a little bit raw, but a great pass rusher. And in the limited time that we saw Miami play this year, he's looked amazing and definitely the edge one in this class. And lastly, at number 10, it's a close one between Jalen Waddle, but uh, I'm going to go with Caleb Farley, cornerback out of VTech. He might have the best skills for a cornerback in this class. I just don't think so. But he is a lockdown corner, and whatever team gets him, they are going to be happy with the man that they got. Thank you, Sam. Uh, Max, if you feel free to go if you want to. Uh, all right. Uh, sure. Um, I, I'll admit, I don't really watch, like, as much tape as Sam, but I do watch college football, and I don't, like, publish these mock drafts. I just um, do them for fun and see what I think is going to happen. Um, I agree with Sam. At number one, it's Trevor Lawrence, quarterback Clemson. There's, there's no question. He is – could he's going to be a stud in the NFL it's the worst pick um like if he doesn't if you if you're the Jaguars and you don't take him one it's the worst pick in NFL history in my opinion because of how short of a bet Trevor Lawrence is um at number two I have the Jets after like Sam said his breathtaking performance last night one of the like especially as people had him falling in their um, big boards and in their mock drafts, I think Justin Fields, as of now, will go second. Obviously, like Sam said, I have to see how he plays against Bama, but Justin Fields was unbelievable last night against um, Clemson, against Trevor Lawrence. He was unbelievable, especially fighting off the um, the injury he uh, had in the first half. Um, and number three, this is a very, like, I was kind of torn on this. Um for the Dolphins, they currently have the third pick um, from a trade, but I have them taking Jamar Chase over Penny Sewell. And I know this is kind of surprising, but Tua is somewhat of a mobile quarterback. Like, I'm not saying he's like a Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray type, but he's somewhat of a mobile quarterback. And I think Jamar Chase is a huge weapon for him to have. And I think he'll fit in at my in Miami. At number four, I think the Fal- the Atlanta Falcons are not a terrible team, obviously. Um, so they don't really they don't typically pick this high in a draft. And they've also blown so many games this season that that's one of the reasons they're picking this high. So I think it could be a blessing in disguise for the Falcons being terrible this year because even though Penny Sewell is sitting there and you can take him at four, I really think you have to take a chance and try to get your um, franchise quarterback in Zach Wilson because Matt Ryan, I believe, is 38, correct? Or is, uh, is he 39 now? Something, something like that. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure, but, yeah, he's, he's getting old. Yeah, so he he doesn't really have that many good seasons left in him. Um, So I think Zach Wilson is an absolute must-take here for the Falcons. At five, obviously – maybe even more of a sure bet than Trevor Lawrence to be great at the next level. I have Penny Sewell um, because, well, people are saying he could be like a pro bowler right now in the NFL for how good he is, the Oregon offensive tackle. Um, 
like Sam said, I think Patrick Sertan, I don't know if he's the best in the class or not, but I think he will go um, early than Caleb Farley, and he'll go to the Philadelphia Eagles at six. The Eagles don't even have, like, they really don't have a number one corner. And Patrick Sertan is that lockdown corner that you can that you can be the staple for your secondary. Like he's he's that number one corner, so it would be very foolish of the Eagles to pass up on him. Uh, at number seven, I have Trey Lance because obviously, similarly to the Falcons, the the Lions don't usually. Well, you know they sometimes pick this high, but they're not like a terrible team. They're not a joke. So I have them obviously trying you gotta move away from Matthew Stafford a little bit as he ages. So I think you have to similarly to the Falcons take a chance on Trey Lance at seven. Uh number eight, my New York Giants. If this situation happens in the draft, we absolutely have to take a linebacker, Micah Parsons. Like Sam said, even though he opted out this year, he's a very good, um, very good linebacker and it fits the Giants needs. Um at number nine, it's an interesting spot for the Carolina Panthers because I think if Trey Lance was available, they would take him. So I would say they probably gamble on just an offensive tackle, even though it might be a little bit of a reach. So Christian Derisaw out of Virginia Tech. And then at number 10, rounding out the class, I think the Broncos, their second need is probably an edge rusher um, behind quarterback. So, yeah, they go quitty pay out of Michigan for me. Yeah, that's interesting. Just wanted to throw in there, Matt Ryan is 35 years old, still getting up there in age. And also, um, if you want to talk about sports and see more of my content, go check me out at discussthegame.com. Uh, my username is Big. Oh, yeah, thank, sorry. thank you guys for coming on. Uh, before we go quickly, uh, since this is a college basketball uh, podcast, we have to talk a little bit about that. College basketball. Max, since I have you here, uh, you're a Georgetown fan. Just uh, give me your thoughts on Georgetown season so far. Oh, well, Timmy, we are absolutely terrible. Um, probably not going to make the tournament again this year unless we pull one of the greatest Big East tournament runs out of nowhere. Um, we're currently three and five, so on a two-game losing streak. So it's not looking great, but. You know, we play Marquette tonight at 7.30, so you never know. We might pull out a win at home. So, yeah, I mean, Javon Blair has been very good this season. Um, so is Wahab. So I think that maybe maybe down the line, maybe next year, we sneak into the tournament. But uh, for now, yeah, it doesn't look great. And I just want to add one thing. Um, obviously, this guy might not get drafted, but – out of Coastal Carolina, I'm just going to shout him out now. C.J. Marable, remember the name. All right, interesting. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I only have, I've had only – I haven't had that much of a chance to watch Georgetown. I watched the first half against Nova. They look they looked pretty dominant. It's just they obviously blew the lead to Nova in the second half. But, you know, there's there's hope if, if you're a Hoya fan. I'm a, I'm a Providence Friday fan. We, we lost on a buzzer beater Creighton today, uh, a crazy finish. But we're uh, sitting at three – we're sitting at uh, six, six and four, I believe. Uh, it was a big game against uh, Xavier uh, upcoming this week. All right. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, Max and Sam, thank you for coming on. Uh, hopefully we can do this again at some point in the future. Yeah, thank you for having All us. All right. See you guys. Thanks for watching. No listening. Bye.